presence There is joy Beyond measure And that he Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. It's good to have you all here with us today. Before we dive into the word, why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, most awesome and wonderful Lord God, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God, and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to hear your words today. I ask, Lord, that these words that would go forth be your words, Lord. Let them get deeply planted within our spirit so that we can remember them and so that we can use them anytime the enemy tries to raise his ugly head. I pray and ask, Lord, that you would take this message where you will, for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God. Uh, again, welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministry. So glad that you're able uh, to join us today. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, go ahead and pause this message and grab your Bible and come on back and then hit the play button. Um, you know, it's always, always important that anytime, you know, when we're looking at the things of God, that you're able to have your Bible with you and, and be able to follow along so you can see for yourself uh, the things that are going to be talked about. You can see for yourself, you can highlight, you can make notes in your Bible, and it gives you something to be able to refer to because uh, it's it's important that when we're listening to, to, to people talk about the things of God, that we can also find it in the Bible so that we can see uh, what is actually truth and not get wrapped up in all sorts of false doctrine that could be out there. So without any further ado, why don't we go ahead and jump right into scripture, and we're going to start by turning in our Bibles uh, to James chapter 1, okay, James chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse number 5, okay, so that's James chapter 1, verse number 5. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives it to all liberally, liberally and without approach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, underline that, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Underline that. He's, an, he's a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. Oftentimes when we look at these scriptures, we think about how faith can lead to instability in our lives, how faith can lead to being double-minded and, and, and unable to really plant your feet firmly in the things of God. But we also have to think about what is it that leads us to lack faith, okay? Especially as children of God, if we know who God is and we believe who God is, there's really no reason for us to lack out to, to have faith, uh, uh, to lack faith that he's going to do the things that he said he's going to do. Typically, if we lack faith in something, it's because somebody hasn't come through for us. We, we all have had friends or family members or, or someone that said, oh, yeah, somebody even in the office that said, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this for you and I'll do it by this date. And that date comes and they don't do it. And after a while, if you start to see, see, see the same old patterns from, from, from individuals, then we start to lose faith, faith and we start to lose trust in them. We lose trust in the fact that they're going to do what they say they were going to do when they said they were going to do that. However, with God, when God said he's going to do something, he always does it. 
Now, of course, it might not be up to our, you know, it, it might not be uh, according to our timeline. And, and I can think back on my life and, and think that, you know, God has always come through on time. But, you know, if it was up to me, I would want to hope to, I was wanting him to come through sooner. But the reality of it is, is that I didn't need him to actually come through sooner. I felt like it and I wanted him to come through sooner, but he didn't. He always came through right on time. We have to make sure that we are firmly grounded in the things of God. And that's what I want to talk today about is about being firmly grounded in the things of God. Okay. If you think about a grounded wire in your house or a ground wire in your car, that wire is designed to send an electrical current back to the source that it came from. That way, if you're doing electrical work, you don't end up uh, uh, shocking yourself and, and having harmful things done to you uh, and being electrocuted to the point where you possibly could even lose your life. That's the whole point of, of, of having a ground wire. Well, being grounded in God is very similar. If we're grounded in the things of God, then we won't be open or, 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 or the, what I should really say is if we're grounded in the things of God, then that means we are shielded all right. We, we are shielded and we are protected from from having um, uh, all sorts of negative things happening to us. Now, that doesn't mean that being grounded in God doesn't mean that you won't have trials and you won't have tribulations because Jesus said that. But what it means is that when I am grounded in things of God and I do come across those trials and tribulations, that I'm not going to fold, that I'm not going to quit, that I'm not going to give up. And I can rebuke those trials and I can rebuke the rebuke the, the, the attack of the enemy in the name of Jesus. And I can send him running back to the pit from where he came. That's what it means to be grounded in the, in, in the things of God. And that's what I, I really, really want to talk about, talk about today. Being grounded in God will ensure that we don't put ourselves in dangerous situ situations. But this is about situations that would pull us away from God. OK, that would pull us away from God, because as I said earlier, we will have trials and tribulations. But being grounded in God is ensures that we're able to watch and, and, and see what's going on around us so that when people start giving out false doctrine or or, or people start telling lies that, that, that they think that they're deceiving you on, that, that being grounded in God allows you to be shielded from those things. So, you know, that it's happening when it's actually when it's actually happening. OK. As I said earlier, it also ensures that we can send ungodly things back to the source. In other words, when the devil tries to disguise something that is evil as being something of God, we can bind them up in the name of Jesus and, and cast them out. So we're going to take a some look at some aspects in our lives where we need to really, really make sure that we're firmly grounded and that we're firmly rooted in so that we don't become a double minded person, unstable in all in all our ways. Right. Grounding allows us to maintain that stability. Grounding and when you're st when you're stable, then you're confident in the things of God. So if I'm deeply grounded in the things of God, that becomes my confidence because the co my confidence comes from the Lord. And having that confidence then allows me to walk forward, forward uh, with faith, walk forward in confidence, knowing who God is. And he's going to and, and believe everything that he said he's going to do. And then I won't be swayed back and forth by people that are trying to pull me in multiple directions. Or be swayed by people that are giving ungodly doctrine. Okay, so we're going to look at some things here. Turning your Bibles to First Corinthians, chapter two. First Corinthians, chapter two. And we're and we're going to start in verse number one. So First Corinthians, chapter two, and we're going to look at that part of being grounded is knowing where the knowledge of God actually comes from. Okay, knowing where the knowledge of God actually comes from. So First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse one, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech 
or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and, and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Underline all the verses four and five if you don't have those already. And I'm going to read those again. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So what we have to understand then is that part of being grounded in God is understanding that God's wisdom does not come from men. Okay, God's wisdom does not come from men. This is why there are so many people in it. And if you've ever listened to any of my sermons before, you know, I, you've heard me say this probably a million times. But this is why there are so many people that know the Bible, but they don't know the Bible. In other words, they can tell you where to find certain scriptures, but they don't have that deep Holy Spirit understanding of what those scriptures mean. Or they don't know how that those scriptures actually apply to their daily lives. They don't know how to utilize those scriptures when things are actually coming up. This is one of the reasons why you've probably heard me pray uh, a bunch of times that, 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 that the words get deeply planted within our spirit so that when the enemy arises and he raises his ugly head, that the words would come bubbling up from our spirits, not coming from up here, but coming deep from within our spirit so that we can attack the enemy the same way Jesus did when he was tempted in the desert three times. Those words came bubbling up out of his spirit, and that's why he was able to defeat Satan and resist those resist those temptations. Okay. Paul also says here in verse number four that he wasn't speaking with persuasive words of, of human wisdom. In other words, what he's saying is, is that he was talking about the things of God, okay, with Holy Spirit guidance and with Holy Spirit understanding and, and, and allowing Holy Spirit to lead him in all, of, in all of what he said. This is another reason why I'll never go to a church without bringing my Bible. Never. Because the reality of it is, is the person that's preaching is a human being. And you never know when they might be making a mistake, whether they're doing it intentionally, trying to persuade people or down a false doctrine, or maybe they've made a mistake. But the fact of the matter is, I want to see it for myself in the things of God. And with people, and there are people, we need to understand the saints of God, okay? There are people that will preach to you, that will wear a certain title, that have certain degrees, and are gifted in their speech. And they will say things to you that they know is not real, that or they know that is not grounded in scripture, all because they are looking for people to follow them. Okay, they are looking for people to follow them. I remember having a conversation with, with somebody one time and they were talking about their career plans and what their next career moves. And I almost fell over when the person said, you know, if worse came to worse, I could always be a preacher. And when they said this, I was kind of floored because I said, well, you never talked about this before. And then the next breath they uttered, they said, yeah, well, there's a lot of money in, in, in being a preacher. And there's a lot of followers that I can that I can have when we're becoming a preacher and, and develop leadership skills. And I sat there and I thought to myself when I shuddered, and the Holy Spirit just said, don't say anything. But I shuddered at the thought that here this individual is only thinking about being a preacher, not because that's something God called him to do but because he saw something else in there that would fill his, his earthly desires about having people follow. Okay. And so we have to be very, very, very careful that when we are, uh, are learning about the things of God, that we're understanding that it's not the human being that brings about the understanding, but it's the Holy spirit that brings about the understanding. Okay. 
and that the knowledge of God comes from God, not from man. Continue on in verse six. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, uh, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew for they had for had they known they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, if the people in positions of power really, 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 really understood and had God's wisdom and not their own wisdom, some of the things that are happening today would never happen. Okay, Jesus, first of all, would have never, ever, ever, ever been crucified if the people that know those, those rulers in those times really, if they knew who Jesus was and they had that Holy Spirit understanding. Okay. And they knew that Jesus was the son of God and he was here to save all mankind, to give us all an opportunity to obtain eternal life. If we accepted him, he would have never been put on the cross in the first place. Okay. He would have never been put on the cross in the first place. The other thing about this is that if you notice in verse six, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Think about this. Okay. And we all could probably, probably have an example of when this has happened in our lives. Have you ever spoken to somebody that was in a position of authority about something? And whatever that topic was, when you when you started speaking about the things that you were talking about, that they kind of just sat back and, and, and they couldn't really wrap their heads around it because it was something that they weren't exposed to. Like maybe you spoke to a child of God about some deep mysteries about the word of God and they just kind of looked at you and just said, uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't think that's right. Or it just they just kind of sat there just kind of dumbfounded because they've never heard those things before. OK. That's what happens when we speak with the wisdom of God. And when we're speaking to those that are mature, mature meaning that, that, that these are people that have um, are, are further along in their spiritual spiritual journey, that when we speak with, with, with the wisdom of God, and if we speak to people that don't have that understanding, okay, they won't be able to wrap their heads around what we're actually talking about. If politicians had the wisdom of God, some of the decisions and laws that were being made would not be, be would not be would not actually be in the process of being made or would not have been made in the first place. And I have no qualms with, with, with saying this. If you are a politician and you call yourself a child of God, there is no reason whatsoever that you should be creating laws that allow people to kill babies. Okay? Should be allow allowing people to kill babies. The Bible talks about killing. OK, so if I have the deep things of God and I, and I understand that and I understand those deep things of God and I'm talking with godly wisdom and, I, and I'm allowing the spirit of God to operate in my life and, 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 and drive my decision making, then I'll be able to understand when other people come along and they speak with that deep spiritual spiritual wisdom. We also have to also have to make sure that we are careful about what we say and who we say it to. OK, because the wisdom that we get from God doesn't mean it's always the right time to share it when you're talking to that person. So sometimes when you share those things with an individual, they may not be able to wrap their heads around it. It could be because they've never been exposed to it before or because they're not uh, spiritually mature to be able to receive that. So we have to make sure that we're checking ourselves and that we're allowing the, the, the words to come up from our spirits and not from, my, from our heads, as I was saying earlier. Verse number nine. But, it, uh, but as it is written... I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 
In other words, no one understands the things God has ready for us as, as his children. No one can understand that. No one can see that. Okay. So we don't, we don't understand how, or what I should say is we know God works and we know God works in mysterious ways, but we have no idea the level of blessings that he has for us in our lives. If we continue to follow him, that's why oftentimes I know for me, uh, um, um, personally speaking, I can tell you that there's times I've prayed for things for God and I was like, I know God is going to deliver me, but when he does, it's such an amazing way that he's done it, that, that I sit back and I'm in, and I'm in shock and I'm in awe. And it's not because he delivered me, but it's the way he actually went out and delivered me. And when he delivered me that way, I look back and I say, in my wildest dreams, I could not have imagined God would deliver me out of that situation the way that he did. Okay. The way that he did. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Underline that through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Underline that. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Uh, Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Underline that. Freely given to us by God. Don't get caught up. Okay. Be very careful. Do not get caught up and people that are trying to sell the things of God, okay? Or trying to 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 tell you that if if you want to learn how to pray for people, come and attend this class and pay 55.95 or, or something to that effect or, or $150 and you could come to this class and I'm going to teach you how to pray for people. I'm going to teach you how to, 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 to do deliverance. I'm going to teach you how to interpret dreams. And, and I'm going to teach you. And, and they start talking about if you want to learn about the things of God that you have to pay. Okay. I know that might sound kind of crazy. They, they are, nobody's out there that does that. Trust me, there are. My wife and I were just watching TV the other day. Okay. And we saw a commercial that, that someone had out there about if, if you send them the money that they're going to, to, to send you something in the mail that is going to, uh, deliver you from any situation that you're in. So you, you, you send this money into this individual and they're going to send you a packet and you have to follow the directions to the T. You got to follow all these directions. And, and for this price, I'll send it to you. you. Follow the directions and every single one of your cares is going to be taken care of. What would the Bible just say? God has given to us freely freely. All right. So be careful. Don't be deceived by those things. Okay. It may sound good. It may sound like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I, I can go pay this money and all my problems are going to be taken care of. First, that's an easy way out. Number two, that's not in line with, with, with what God is saying. All right. The reason why we go through the challenges that we go through for the period of time that we go through them is because God is still trying to prepare us for whatever it is that he's going to deliver to us. To prepare us for whatever it is that might be coming down the pipe that we are not even uh, we, we are not even aware of. Okay, that's why we stay in trials and tribulations for for certain periods of time. At times, it could be because we're being disobedient when they're not following God, and at other times, it could simply be that God is saying, "You are not ready yet, because I am not finished with you and your assignment in that moment." But if I'm staying grounded in the things of God, then I can understand that I am here going through this, this, this trying time for a particular reason. And so while I'm here, I'm going to learn everything that I can about God 
and how he interacts with me. And I'm going to learn a lot about how I, how, about myself and how I interact with God. And if I can focus on those things, the next, you know, this tribulation will be over at the, at, at, at the, at the blink of an eye. And I won't even be thinking about it anymore because I'm not focused on the problem. Instead, I'm focused on what it is that God's trying to teach me. But it takes being grounded in the knowledge of God to know that. Okay. Verse number 12 again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Underline that. Comparing spiritual things with, spirit, with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are uh, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, what this is saying here is that you have to have that spiritual discernment to understand how God is operating. OK, or understanding that God has his hands on everything to be able to understand that the things that are happening around us, it, it's not it's not a random series of events. OK, the things that are happening around us are not a random series of, of, of events. COVID-19, and, and I'm not getting in here and, and, and talking about, you know, where the, having conversation about where the origins of, of the virus came from and all of that stuff. That's not what I'm saying when I, when I, when I say what I'm about to say. But COVID-19 was not a random accident. Okay. And again, I'm not saying that somebody, you know, purposely designed that or anything like that or whether or not it came from some. That's not what I'm talking about, because regardless of where that virus started from, whether it was in a lab somewhere or if it's something else. At the end of the day, the fact that COVID-19 is here is not by accident. There is a reason for it. And if we have the spirit of God in us and we're comparing spiritual things with spiritual things, what we start to see then is that there is a reason for the COVID-19 to be here. Okay. And, and, and you've probably heard me say this before in previous messages that, that, that this is a time that I believe that God is trying to test and figure out who is actually going to be following him. When churches got shut down, who was going to figure out how are they going to get 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 the word? When churches start to open back up, which I know there's many churches that are are, are starting to open back up, who is actually going to go back to church versus staying home and trying to watch a sermon online because they want to do it in the, on the comfort of their couch? They want to do it in their pajamas. They want to do it when it's convenient to them and not thinking about when God is might be calling you to actually go to church. Okay, that's not by accident. There's a reason for those things to happen, if to happen. The other thing that we have to understand is that if we can recognize that his spirit is what reveals is what reveals truth to us, that any time and before we crack open the word of God, we should be spending some time in prayer. We should always, 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 if you don't do this already, spend time in prayer before you open up the Bible, because you have to set your spirit to be able to hear from Holy Spirit. Because like we just saw, the only spirit that knows the mind of God is the spirit of God. So if we have the spirit of God in us and we know that the spirit of God knows the things of God, then why would we not want to go to God's Holy Spirit to ask him to reveal to us the deeper things of him as we're seeking him in the word? That's very, very critical. If you're driving out, out here in Oregon, you know, driving out to the coast, 
uh, um, from from where we live and everything. Going over the mountains, you you lose a radio reception. Okay, and whatever station you listen to in Salem is usually not the same station out there. So what ends up happening is if you're making that trip, what you do is, and if you want to continue to listen to the radio, you, you got to turn that knob. Right. You turn it on. And as you're turning that knob, what you're listening for is you're listening for a certain beat or you're listening for certain words to a song or maybe a certain announcer's voice. Because if you can just hear that little inkling, that'll tell you if you can just hear that little bit of a voice or that little bit of a beat, that'll tell you that you're on the right station. Even though the station number is different, that's what's going to tell you that you're on the right station. So you listen intently for that sound. And then once you hear it, oh, you stop. Now I've got my radio station. Spending time in prayer before you actually read the Bible is you turning your dial, your spiritual dial to be able to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to create an environment and an atmosphere here when I can actually hear from you because I want to learn about you as I'm going into your word. I want my spirit to be in tune with your spirit so that when I'm reading the word, it's not just paper. It's not just words on paper. It's not just a book, but it's something that has meaning in my life. And I know that it's Holy Spirit inspired. So if it's Holy Spirit inspired, that means God is trying to tell us something. So Lord, what are you trying to tell me in your word? What does this actually mean? What does it mean for my life? What does it mean for, for, for the things that I'm getting ready to, to, to embark on? What does it mean for the things that I've already gone through? Okay. But the only way to do that is to spend some time praying so that you can prepare yourself to hear from the Holy Spirit. Spiritual wisdom keeps us grounded because it reminds us that God has the answers to every question we have and the solution to every single problem that we face. Okay, that's how this grounding helps us. We have to know and we have to remember that the knowledge of God comes from his spirit. Okay, I believe later on in um, uh, in, in first Corinthians, Paul talks about how, uh, in essence, that it doesn't matter whether you heard him, him preaching or if you heard Apollos preaching because they both were doing it under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And the increase is not about whether it was Paul or Apollos preaching, but it was the increase in knowledge in that case all had to do with the fact that God is the one that gives the increase. If you want any kind of increase in your life, whatever that increase might be, understand that you can't do it on your own. It's not about you. It never has been about you. It never will be about you. It's all about God. So if you put yourself in a position where, 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 where you can hear from God and you can just totally surrender your life over to God and you allow him to direct your paths and you listen to what he has to say and you do what he's telling you to do, then you will see the increase. Then you will start to, to not be tossed back and forth when things start coming your way and you start getting hit in all sorts of directions and all sorts of trials and tribulations start coming into your life. You won't be swayed back and forth because you will be grounded in knowing that, okay, I know Jesus said that I'll have trials and tribulations, but when this trial comes, Lord, I, I, I know what your word said. So there's got to be something that you're trying to teach me. What is it? And if I can get that deep down in my spirit, then I know that I can go to God to understand what's actually happening, happening in my life. Now, an interesting one that we oftentimes we don't think of about an area we need to be grounded in is think about being grounded in Jesus. And you might think, well, isn't being a child of God meaning that I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? Yes, that does mean that. But are you actually grounded in Jesus? You may have accepted Jesus in your life, but are we actually grounded in Jesus? There's a lot of people that, that, that know God, but those same people don't necessarily know God. 
In other words, they may not have that relationship with God. So you can we can accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, but that doesn't mean that we're staying grounded in him. So let's look at what that what, what that means. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15. Okay. John chapter 15. And we're going to go to verse number one. John 15, verse one. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Underline that. For without me, you can do nothing. In order to maintain stability in our lives and stay grounded, we have to let God prune us. Okay, We have to let God remove the things in our lives that would keep us from being close to him. Okay. If you've ever gone out in the in in in, in the yard and, and and cut some um some rose bushes, I have some rose bushes in, in in my yard, and and every so often I have to go back there and I have to have to cut them so they they maintain some uh, uh control, <laughs> they don't start going going all wild and everything, and they maintain health. But the whole point of tri of trimming them is to maintain that health. And after I'm done trimming them, I can look at them and I can say, oh man. I don't like the way this thing looks, but what I have to remember is that if I don't trim them, they're not going to be healthy. And year after year after year, after I trim them and I look at them and they start to grow, they grow more lively with more roses and more buds and they start to bud early and they look so much better after I prune them. When God prunes us, he's removing all the dead things in our lives that won't allow us to bear fruit. Okay. We have to allow God to do that. God is not just going to go ahead and force you to give up something, whether it's a relationship with a friend, family, a loved one, okay, giving up uh, a, a possession, all right. Maybe there's a car that you have that that's that's just you 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 are so um, you are so focused on that car and you love that car so much that it's taking you away from the things of God, okay. Maybe something in your house, a, a TV or some sort of gadget that you, you, you almost exalt to the level of, uh, of an idol because your every single uh, waking thought of the day is on that thing. We have to allow God to remove those things so that we can actually uh, uh, grow in him and that we can grow stronger in him. Does it hurt sometimes when, when God tells you that you need to remove something and then you go ahead and remove it? Yeah, it's not always easy, but we come out stronger in the end. Stability also occurs when we've come to the realization that without Christ, we are nothing and can do nothing. Part of the reason why the name of Jesus is such a threat to the non-believer is because they don't want to wrap their heads around that all the talent in the world that, that, that you might have is never going to get you to where God wants you to be in your life unless you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that's when God can start doing some miraculous things in your life and take you to places that you've never even dreamed of. Okay? That's why the name of Jesus has so much threat and so much power. 
Okay, that's why people shy away from Jesus because they don't they don't like the thought of I have to give up the things that I enjoy doing so much to follow Jesus that I've never even met. I've never seen him. I've never spoken to him. And you're telling me that I have to accept this, this Jesus as the son of God. And that if I don't do that, that I can't have eternal life to him through, through him. You're, you're telling me that all these years that I've been praying to God, that that that, that I can't I can't actually really talk to God and have a relationship with God because I don't have Jesus in my life. Well, yeah, that's right. Because Jesus said so. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one. Doesn't matter your position, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter who you know or who you are, no one comes through the Father except by me. Okay? That's being grounded in Jesus. Understanding that in verse 5 there at the end, for without me, you can do nothing. Okay? That's part of staying grounded is understanding that we need Jesus in all aspects of our lives and that we need to be abiding in him and allowing him to abide in us. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, Jesus is not saying here that just because you accept him and because you're a child of God, that God is going to give you everything that you ask for. Yeah, I know that's what it says. Ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But the thing that you desire, it has to be something that's within, uh, that's in alignment with God's will, if you want it. Okay? You can't just go out and just, and, and just pray for something. And you know, if we could take a step back when we pray, and if we can ask God, all right, Lord, I've been praying for this. How come this just isn't coming to fruition for me? If we could take a step back and, 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 and really analyze that thing that we're praying for and find out, all right, am I praying for this thing because this is in alignment with God's will? Or am I praying for this thing because I selfishly want it because I want people to look at me? Me, 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 me. I want this fancy car because I want everybody when I drive down the street to look at me when I'm driving. I want fancy clothes so that when I get out of that fancy car, everybody can look at me and talk to talk about me about how nice my clothes look and how good I look and all of these things. I want that big, big, big house so everybody can look and see, oh yeah, look at look at that house. That's so-and-so's house. Or that job because it puts me on a pedestal in, in a higher place on the org chart so everybody can look at me and come to me for things. Okay, if that's why we are praying for things, then we're not in alignment with God's will and we won't get those things because that is our own selfish desire. Jesus said you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own desires. So don't take that word there. Don't take that scripture there and think that that, 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 that as a child of God, I can just pray it for anything and everything. I need to do some checking to make sure, okay, Lord, what I, 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 I need a car. My car's run down, it's busted up. Instead of asking for that fancy car, why don't you say, Lord, please provide some transportation for me so that I can do all the things that I need to do so I can get to work, so I can take the kids to school, so that I can deliver meals to, 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 to people that are in need. Bless me with something that I can use to bless others. When we put ourselves in that kind of position, then what we're doing is we're showing God that, Lord, it's not about me, it's all about you. And whatever you give me, I'm going to be happy with it. And that's what I want. 
so I can do it to glorify you and use it for your glory and for your honor and for your magnification. That's part of being grounded, knowing what to ask for and how to ask for it. By this, verse 8, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one, one's life for his friends. Verse, um, I'm going to go to verse 11 there. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Disobedience to, to Christ, all right? Disobedience to Christ means no joy. It means loneliness. It means no protection. So if we want to run off and do our own thing and call ourselves children of God, children of God, we have to understand that, that we then have said, all right, when I make that decision to do my own thing, what we basically said is, okay, God, I've got a better way of doing this and a way that's going to be quicker than what you want to take me through and a way that's going to be less painful. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this. And we let go of God's hand and we actually go down that road that we shouldn't be going down. Okay. We forget that without Jesus, we can do nothing and that we are nothing. So we want to do it in and of, our, in and of it ourselves. Part of being grounded is that we take everything in our lives, our, all of our hopes and our dreams and, and the things that we want to accomplish. And we don't just take those to God, but we say, okay, Lord, I am going to walk with you every step of the way to get this thing that I'm asking for. And as I'm going down this road, Lord, if there's something there that, that, that you don't want me to do, I'm going to listen to you. No matter how much I may enjoy doing it, I'm going to listen to you. And no matter how much, how hard it might be for to, to, to turn away from that, to resist that, I'm going to do it anyway because I know that I need you in my life and that without you, I'm nothing. And without you, I can accomplish nothing. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known, I have made known to you. Interesting that Jesus used the word friends. Okay. When you think about of a when you think about a friend, it's somebody you have a deep relationship with. It's somebody that you can talk to about anything and everything that's on your mind. It's a person that probably knows things about you that other people don't even know about you. They've seen you at your worst. They've seen you at your best and all the time and all the things that are in between. We have to think of God as a friend. Okay. And that's not diminishing who God is in, in, in any way whatsoever. But, 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 but Jesus clearly is saying that he wants a deep relationship with us. He wants to know us. He wants to commune with us. He wants us to abide in him so that he can abide with us. He wants to be around us 24 seven. He wants to be there every step of the way for every single thing that we go through. He wants to be with you in a car driving to work. He wants to be with you walking around the block in your neighborhood. He wants to be with you while you're in the gym working out. So if we want to be, if we want to have that grounding in God, we have to return. We, we, we have to re return that. We have to want to be around God 24-7. We have to want to have that deep relationship with him. We have to want to bring him with us to every single situation that we're in. 
He's not going to force himself on us. We have to invite him in into our lives and take him with us every single step of the way. Okay. We also re must remember that we know what God is doing. Okay. In verse, uh, verse number uh, 15 there, no longer do I call you servants for a friend does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So when all craziness is, is, is going on around us, we have to recognize that we know what God is doing. And if we're grounded, we know that God is doing something. Now, we don't know how God is doing what he's going to do or what he's doing. We don't see every single aspect of his plan, but we have to remember that we know that God is working on our behalf. We know that God is, is getting ready to, to, to make a, a blessing manifest in our lives. We may not be seeing working, but we have to know that. Why? Because Jesus said so. Jesus said he's revealed to us the things that God has told him. Everything that God has told Jesus, Jesus has told us, which means we know what's going on. Okay? We know what's going on. Now, if I'm spiritually grounded and I understand where that knowledge of what's going on is coming from, then I shouldn't be worried when craziness is all around me. I shouldn't be worried when things don't go the way that I want them to go. When they're not happening on the timeline that I want them to be. Because I know what God is doing. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These uh, these things I command you, that you love one another. We also have to understand, okay, I said this earlier, it's not about you, never was. It's always about God. God chose us. And if we can remember the fact that God chose us, if we can just keep that deep within our spirits and never let go of that and just constantly know that, okay, Lord, you chose me for a purpose. Help me to execute your purpose in my life. If we can remember that God picked us, then we wouldn't be so quick to run away from challenges. We wouldn't be so fearful of the unknown. Because when God chose you, he didn't choose you because he was going to leave you and abandon you. He chose you because he was going to be with, he said he's going to be with you every single step of the way. He told you that he's going to prepare you for the things that are coming. He's told you that you already have what it takes to do the things that he's calling you to do. You already have the skill to get through the problem that you're having at work. You have the patience to persevere through the challenging time that you're currently in that you feel like is not going to go away anytime soon. He chose you. Therefore, you are ready. You have what it takes already. There's nothing more that you need. There's nothing more that you need to ask for. You already have it. The only thing you have to do now is to recognize that God is with you. God is with you. He's got your back no matter what you might be going through. No matter how much you might look around and you don't feel God there. Or you feel like he's not actually working. He is working for you. Because he chose you. He picked you. He didn't pick your neighbor. He didn't pick your family member. He didn't pick somebody at work. He picked you. So if he picked you and you know that he picked you, walk in confidence in whatever it is that you're doing. Okay. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
so that you can stay grounded when you start facing some trials and tribulations. Okay. So that you can stay grounded when you're facing trials and tribulations. So in order for us to maintain our grounding, we have to make sure that we're allowing Holy Spirit to work in us. That we're allowing him to reveal truth in us so that when somebody tries to tell us a lie or, or multiple people try to tell us a lie or when we're watching the news and we're not sure what to believe or what media outlet to believe, that we can take that to God and say, all right, Lord, your wisdom only comes from you. It doesn't come from this newscaster. So because of that, here's the things that I'm hearing on the news. Lord, I'm going to take these to you because you know the truth. Tell me, Lord, what is actually truth? Staying grounded is also recognizing that we need to, to, to continue to, to live in Jesus. We need to allow Jesus to live in us. We need to allow the word of God to live in our spirits, not in our heads, in our brains mentally, but living in our spirits so the scriptures come bubbling up when we need them. Okay? Staying grounded is, is recognizing that we need God to be able to be successful in our lives. That all things that we've been successful with has, has everything to do with us following God. And we need to give God credit for that. Being grounded means that, that when we go to God and we ask him for things, that we first check with Holy Spirit to make sure that the things that we're going to ask of him are, are in alignment with his will for our lives and on alignment with his spirit. That way we're not disappointed if he doesn't give us what we're asking for. Because he will always give you what you need, not necessarily what you want. Okay. So as you go forth throughout the day and the next days and the weeks to come, just do a spiritual check to make sure that you're firmly grounded in the things of God. Look at how you respond to situations when they don't go your way, or you hear a lie on TV, or you see something that's going on in the workplace or wherever it might be that you don't agree with. Look at how you react to that. If you're going to react with some peace, knowing that God is working, if you can react with, 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 with prayer and, and, and lifting up those people that might be giving you hard times and, and praying for them, then you might be grounded. If you can recognize that, that you, the knowledge that you've gained of God, that wisdom, you've gained that only because Holy Spirit has been operating in you and because you've listened to Holy Spirit. Okay, If you can do those spiritual checks, there's a good chance that you're still grounded. Okay, And always, as always, always ask God, say, Lord, Help me to see anything that might be pulling me away from you so that I can remain grounded in the things of you. Okay? You can always do that. None of us are too holy to not do that on occasion. We all need to do those kind of spiritual checks to make sure that we're staying grounded because the world is a crazy place. And I believe as Jesus continues to tarry, it's only going to get crazier. But all things work together for, for good for those that love the Lord, the called according to his purpose. Amen. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you and let's close in, in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for the words that you brought forth today. And I ask that the words that came forth would be a blessing to all those that have heard it, Lord God. And that as you so guide that we would share these words with those that you put across our, our path and that we would check with your Holy Spirit about when to speak and what to say and who to say it to. I pray for everyone that's listening to this message, Lord God, that you would help us to remain grounded in you and that you would reveal anything to us that would pull us away from you so that we can speedily get rid of those things and get those things out of our lives as you continue to prune us and prepare us and shape us for the things that you are calling us to do. I want to thank you, Lord, for all your wonderful blessings and for continuing to watch over us and for continuing to keep us safe. 
And I pray that you all would go in God's peace and that you would go knowing that God has your back. These things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God if this message was a blessing to you. Feel free to share it with, uh, with with family, friends, and loved ones, and even those that may be in opposition to you as Holy Spirit so guides. You can find us at genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis 1 is spelled out, genesis1.sermon.net, where you can access every single one of our podcasts that, that are on there. And if you click on the subscribe button on the upper right-hand corner, you can get notifications through whatever your podcast app is uh, that, that you'll be notified anytime new content is posted. So... Praise God. I hope you all have a blessed and wonderful day. And remember that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Praise God.